Welcome to the Creative Career Solutions for Parents podcast, episode 27. This is an interview with Kia Williams of Nourished Motherhood, and I'm so excited to be speaking to her today. Now, we're going to be discussing something that I think is so essential for us as moms and working parents, which is really all about self-care and looking after ourselves, something that we do to greater or lesser degrees at any given time, I know. And as ever, this isn't about beating yourself up or having a one-sized-fits-all solution, but it is about hearing other ideas and and being open to them. And if it is something that resonates with you, then uh, be sure to try it out. So as I said, this is uh, the Creative Career Solutions for Parents podcast. I'm Gina Visram from Limitless Coaching, and I would love to welcome Kia to the podcast. Welcome, Kia. Thank you so much, Gina, for having me. I am so glad to have you. Thank you so much for making the time. So I'm going to share a little bit of context, actually, which is that Kia and I met virtually in one of the online business groups that we are both in. And uh, you will know if you're a fairly regular listener to the podcast that I firmly believe in the power of community and like-minded people and certainly positive people who are all trying to do similarly positive things, no matter what field that they're in. And when I heard a little bit more about what Kia's up to in the world, I had to invite her to come on to the podcast, and luckily she has accepted. So Kia, I wanted to start off by asking you to tell me more about your current business and your journey to get there. Well, um, I consider myself a yoga lifestyle consultant to busy moms. So what I do primarily now is that I've taken my background in applied psychology and my training as a yoga teacher and really make it more of this pragmatic, practical thing that busy moms can do to help them take care of themselves, to help them find space to continue to be the woman that they were before they had kids. And to kind of, like you mentioned before, Gina, to network with other moms who are in a similar situation so that they can find a sense of community so that they don't feel alone. So they're not going through this yoga kind of woohoo thing all by themselves. Um, So that's where I am now. And I have a community and a book and things like that to help support moms in that. But to get here, honestly, was a pretty, pretty long and roundabout road. I don't think anybody of my age group woke up one morning when they were a kid and said, hey, I think I'll be a yoga teacher. (laughs) So (laughs) that that um, I went to school, obviously not for yoga. But when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and get into the career world. I did everything that um, a young child in my generation was encouraged to do, make a grades, um, go to school, graduate from college and, and head off into the corporate world. And I did all that and I found myself really unfulfilled there. And I realized that um, I needed to work for myself because there were a lot of things that I wanted to do outside of this structure of a, a eight to five or a nine to five. And then after having kids, it really changed everything. You know, um, your world kind of comes upside down after you have children. And I realized I didn't want to spend 50 hours, 60 hours a week away from my children. I wanted to parent them in a different way. And I realized that there weren't enough hours in a day to take care of me 
<laughs> to take mm-hmm. care of them <laughs> and to take care of any other things that I actually wanted to to bring forth into the world. Um, and so after I had my first son, um, I took uh, the first year off of corporate and fully anticipating going back to work, um, but started to dibble and dabble into kind of side gigs. You know, every every mom that I know kind of has these side hustles they get involved with to work around their kids' schedule. And I did quite a few things that way. And then I started to get into the fitness world because it was one of the things that I could do and bring my children to. And they had free daycare on site and they, you know, basically paid for my gym membership. I thought it was a really win-win situation. And um, at some point in time, got pulled into teaching a yoga class and was totally unqualified for it. But that seemed to have stuck. (laughs) God, I love the way these things happen, you know, in completely (laughs) the most most unexpected of ways. And Mm -hmm. then it could just turn out to be absolutely the direction that you're meant to go in at that time. Absolutely. And, and looking back on it, you can see the building of it. You know, you, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. when you're in it, you're like, Oh, it just seems like I'm doing this fluky thing. It doesn't make sense, but it feels good and it works for now. And you never think it's going to develop into something much greater, but it was, it was in that situation where I had been already practicing yoga before I had kids, but I used it as a physical workout. Like most people do in the West, they're introduced to yoga as these postures you do in the context of a gym or a yoga studio. And that's all it was for me until um, I was sleep deprived and, you know, was getting peed on every day with an infant and I realized I needed more. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There's nothing like being peed on by an infant to make you realize that you want a little bit more than you have just at that moment. But absolutely. And Kia, there's so many points that you made there, which I think are so insightful and are going to be so interesting to the listeners of this podcast. But actually, before we touch on a couple of those again, I just wanted to ask you on a more personal level, can you tell us a little bit more about your family? Oh, sure. Um, Well, I have a husband who is greatly supportive, although he doesn't always understand what I'm doing here on um, a podcast interview, for instance. Um, But I have three kids. My oldest is 12 years old. He's in seventh grade and he has bigger feet than me and is almost as tall as me. My um, middle child is a daughter. She's 10 and in fifth grade. And then my little bear who is six and a half years old and he's in first grade and they all just went back to school. So it's great. Brilliant. Oh, goodness. Another mama who survived the summer holidays. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that, Kia, because I think it's a really interesting context for the listeners. And it's not that everybody that I interview has kids necessarily or anything, because really what's incredibly important for me here is that anybody that I talk to has something really interesting to share with working parents. But for anybody who is in the trenches of that exciting and challenging parenthood life, I think it's always nice to understand the context of the person that's that's speaking. So Kia, tell me, I, I know we actually just talked about the kids going back to school, but if you would tell me generally how your days look in terms of business time and family time. Sure. Actually, I've just 
kind of committed to making my business time a little more structured and a little less. So um, my business, this iteration of my business is about two years old now. And for anyone who is an entrepreneur and have started a business, the first couple of years are extremely busy. There's a lot of like foundation that needs to be set up. So I will be the first to admit that in the last two years, most of my focus has been away from my household and away from my family. When, you know, I've done the minimum, <laughs> everybody got fed, everybody got to school and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I used to fit work into every little slither of the day. And admittedly, that is a not a healthy balance to strike. Now, my business is a little less intense because the systems are set up now and I, you know, have products that have been created and those kind of things. I can spend three hours a day, five days a week. So that's 15 hours a week, really focusing on my business and then cater those other hours to other important aspects of my life. And when I say working, I include social media marketing as working. I include content creation as working, and I include studying as working. So reading um, information about my topic, about yoga, about um, parenting and spirituality, as well as reading um, topics about marketing and business. Thank you for really clarifying that. It's funny. My very, very supportive husband has now gotten over saying things like, oh, you're playing on Facebook again. <laughs> when, uh -huh, I'm trying uh -huh. to, when I'm trying to work out some of my social media marketing and connect on different business groups and all of that. And it's a funny one, because like I said, he's incredibly supportive. But yeah, really sort of understanding the time that you take within your business, what works for you. And actually, you had a really really great point there as well, uh, which is for anybody who is starting a business, embarking on the entrepreneurial journey, whatever that looks like for you, whether it is a side hustle or whether it ends up being a bit more of a full-time endeavor, the point that Kia just made about the first couple of years uh, potentially being particularly busy years, and you said now Kia two years in is now the moment where you can kind of see yourself being able to and actually I wrote this down let me find it because I thought it was such a lovely way to put it that you that you were talking about making your business time more structured and a little less because you're at a place where you can now do that absolutely brilliant and Kia so we started to talk about this when you shared information about your journey and the mm -hmm. fact that you you know, you did what so many of us of our generation have done, which is go to school, get the best education that we can get, um, enter the corporate arena in some way, shape or form, and then uh, potentially somehow become motivated to explore something else. And whether that's as an additional income stream, or whether that is um, to... to uh, completely look at a new endeavor and like you said a, a new way of working when you realize that 50 to 60 hours a week aren't necessarily working for you was that the motivation for nourished motherhood the the time aspect of things the fitness and spiritual aspect of things or a bit of a combination well the nourished motherhood is kind of hmm, maybe the fourth or fifth iteration of me 
starting a business. So I had done some other things in terms of um, network marketing while my kids were super young. So most entrepreneurs have this kind of journey where it's like, well, I started this business um, and then that one didn't work for me. And then I started this other kind of iteration of my business. So I went through that same journey um, in the first maybe five years of having children. Um, And what really sparked that was that feeling that you kind of talked about earlier that I wanted to explore something else because the way that corporate is set up didn't work for the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to lead. And for my husband and I, it was about lifestyle. It wasn't just about money. We could make do, (laughs) but we wanted to have certain kinds of flexibility and have certain kind of family structure. So what really sparked that nourished motherhood was, yeah, one of obviously it was a business of my own creation, but I was really falling apart as a mom. And, and I talk about that a little bit in my book that, you know, I didn't realize how much work it would take to be the primary caregiver of a tiny human. Oh and goodness, yes. yeah. my, my oldest kids are 20 months apart. So before the first one was even out of diapers, here goes another. And life just was crazy. I mean, I couldn't, I can't really explain it any other way. I joke about it now. I say, well, I was one missed appointment away from psychotherapy. And the only reason I didn't go to that appointment was because I couldn't find a babysitter. Now, how crazy is that? That really is. But it is so illustrative of exactly what you're describing, so mm-hmm. such a great example. And oh my goodness, you mamas that have two under two. I mm-hmm. I can't even, you know, I've got some friends that are twin moms or two under two. And I feel exactly what you're saying. And I've got one. And yeah. I just find it absolutely incredible. The things that, that really that we end up being able to do. But as you say, it's the kind of thing that could really take you to the brink <laughs> of mm-hmm. how you of mm-hmm. how you want to be feeling and and how you know you you talked about lifestyle and how you want your lifestyle to be and it can end up becoming exactly the opposite if you're not conscious of it and Mm -hmm. the things that you need to do to create something different and something better and by something better I mean whatever that looks like for you Mm -hmm. that's exactly right and one of the things that, that I've seen you talk about and write about and share has been about self-care and I feel like this is a really good moment to mention that because you know you mentioned something that really was a tough time and you were trying to get it sorted out and the irony of the fact that you didn't go um, was because you couldn't find the childcare. So, <laughs> so so tell me more about what self-care means to you and mm-hmm. why you consider it to be so important that I believe that it's one of your missions to support other moms with it. Absolutely. So I have a background in pre-med. So I, you know, understood fully before I had kids and I really thought I had this all together, Gina. That's the irony of before you have kids, you think you have it all together. Oh my God. I, I ate ha- well. I had philosophies. I had philosophies before <laughs> I had kids, Kia. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. It all goes out the window when <laughs> pragmatism hits. So so I, you know, I understood like how to keep a good diet, how to exercise. I always had a gym membership. I always worked out before I had kids, even while I was pregnant. And I thought that that was all I needed to do to stay 
healthy and sane and happy. And what I realized that while those things are great, those are for our physical well-being and we all need to attend to those. What I realized that there were other areas of my being that were not being tended to because I was being pulled in so many different directions. So truth be told, even when I had my infants, I still went to the gym. I still worked out. I still ate well, but I still wasn't feeling my best. And what I realized um, after learning more about yoga, so while I was taking the physical yoga practices, I wasn't studying the the um, the cause, the philosophy behind it. When I started to study that, I realized that um, in a yogic tradition, you look at yourself as a three-part person. So you have the part of you that's your physical body that us in the West are so magnificent at knowing how to take care of, our diet, our fitness. But then there's these other two components that if they aren't well taken care of, then you're not doing well at all. There's your spiritual health, and then there's your mental or emotional health. And I wasn't doing anything for my spiritual or my mental emotional health. And you have to think of these three components of our being like a tripod, right? So if one of the legs is broken, the whole ship falls, right? And so we take really good care of that physical side. And the other two areas, we tend not to, and they fall over. And it's not until you can balance those and, and pay attention to all three components of yourself do you really thrive. What a great insight. And so you found that you'd been doing the physical aspects of yoga for a long time, but what would you say was the impact of recognizing those other two aspects of yoga, which, you know, you talked about the spiritual side and the mental and emotional side. What was the impact on yourself and then potentially on your clients when you realized the importance of those aspects? Right. So I think the first area I started to move towards was the spiritual side. And I tend to think of the spiritual aspect of our being as being the overarching aspect that really needs tending to because everything else comes from that. So from a psychological perspective, you say they might say that your thoughts um, are the overarching impetus that create your actions and your actions actually create the health or whatever in your, in your life. And the same is kind of true with this other three prong approach. Your spiritual life impacts your uh, mental and psychological life and your mental and psychological life impact your physical life. So I started on the spiritual side, started reading about the yogic spirituality and things like that. And once I got there and realized that, Oh, wow. I am supported in this from something that's higher than me. Changed the game. I mean, literally, because I felt like I had to do everything on my own. You know, I I was running around like a crazy person trying to get everything done, trying to be everything to all people. And when I realized that, oh, you're just a part of this life you're leading, you have help from things from a source outside of you, and therefore you can take a step back and rely a little bit more on that and not run yourself ragged and things will work out. And so the impact of that was huge. I got to be a little more calm. I got to not beat myself up, you know, because I thought I wasn't being good enough or perfect enough. And of course, that impacted my family, because when you're not beating yourself up, then you're not as judgmental to the people around you either. Of course. Of course. 
Definitely. Well, Dina, there's a question that I want to ask you, and Kia, even though I feel like you've touched on a few of those points just now, I think they're so important for working moms, working parents to hear that um, that even if a couple of those points that you just made are repeated, I think they will be so welcomed. Sure. So I was wondering, how can yoga be advantageous to working moms, working parents? Sure. So... I'll take it back to those three levels. There are three ways that I primarily teach yoga in terms of benefit for busy parents. So on the physical level, it's obvious. Yoga postures are designed to help you keep your range of motion or your flexibility, to help keep you strong. It's a, it can be an excellent physical workout, okay? So we got the physical body taken care of there. On the emotional or psychological body, yoga teaches us ways to manipulate our nervous system so that we can counteract the stress that's in our life. So if you've ever gone to a yoga class, your teacher is almost always going to tell you to focus on your breath, to take deep, fluid breaths. We call those diaphragmatic breaths. And those aren't just breathing just for the sake of breathing. Most of us don't realize that we breathe really shallowly. (laughs) And Mm. when we're stressed, we breathe even more shallowly than normal. And what happens is shallow breath is an indication of stress. When you get into that fight or flight response, like when you're about to run into another car or your kid runs out in the street, you take really quick, deep, shallow breaths. That's your body's way of reacting to a stressor. And we don't realize that when we're going through our daily life, sending emails, working on projects, talking to coworkers, that we're breathing like that. (laughs) And that has an effect in our body. So yoga teaches us how to breathe in a way that manages that physiological symptom of stress, which then helps us to manage the emotional symptoms of of stress. So it helps us to be able to take a step back and notice our emotions and respond as opposed to react to them. So we got the physical and the emotional side. On the spiritual side, yoga teaches us that everything is one thing, okay, that we are all a part of the same, whatever you want to call it, energy or God or source. And so when you when that is your overarching foundation, you tend to look at life a little bit differently. You stop being as judgmental people around you because you realize that you guys are one and the same. You stop beating up on yourself because you realize that you are always cared for and nurtured by source or God or the universe. You know, these kind of things are what shake down to help influence our emotional well-being and our physical well-being. I am so taken aback by all of that (laughs) because (laughs) it's awesome. It just feels like such a no-brainer to do in terms of, of, of everything, of everything that we need to do as parents who have you know, little people depending on us <laughs> for for their for their well being and their care, both physically and mentally, and all of that. And of course, it does all start at home in terms of the examples that we're setting. But yes. you know, one of the things that you talked about, and you know, I, I was really kind of listening to you and thinking about how true this is, is that we don't realize how shallow our breaths are. Until somebody says, whether it's in a yoga class or whether it's in another context, to take a deep breath or slow down. 
or whatever the case might be. And when you do that, you suddenly realize <laughs> the big uh -huh. difference between uh -huh. what you're doing generally. And then, of course, like you say, you know, add certain sort of stresses and pressures of, you know, kind of modern day parenting. And that example that you used, Kia, oh my goodness, the other day, my family and I, so my husband uh, with our little girl, Nyla, we were on our way back from our big Caribbean carnival here in London, which just happened over this past weekend, uh, uh -huh. which was lots of fun, by the way. Um, amazing. But we were driving back and we saw exactly what is my nightmare scenario, which is a little girl racing across <sighs> a road. Oh, and God. before you even saw it, you heard the car screeching, like mm. screeching to a halt. And that was what caught my attention. And it was on, when I say a side street, I mean a busy side street, because the main street is one of our busier roads here in London called Edra Road. Sure. And I just, I think I had that shallow breathing at that point, And I wasn't properly in that scenario. Because you could see the panic of the dad on one side of the road. You could see the mom on the other side of the road looking horrified. You heard the driver kind of effing and blinding and, and sort of swearing at the scenario. But bless, I think that was that was their release and their panic. And ultimately, she she was fine. She made it across the road. But, you know, that uh -huh. is everybody involved in a whole heap of stress and worry. Because Absolutely. of that one scenario. And I think, you know, hopefully we won't all have that experience by any means. But, you know, on a day-to-day -day level, there are so many, I, I guess, kind of stresses and tests and those sorts of things on our parenting journey. That yeah. to have a tool like what you described just sounds incredibly powerful and incredibly beneficial. Absolutely. And it's funny because I want to, in fact I will ask you this but I feel like I have so many answers from what you've just said so just so you know I from my context with all of this I've always admired people who've done yoga and mm. I did one class myself years ago and this is when I used to do belly dancing and belly uh -huh. dancing and yoga go really beautifully actually sort of hand in hand together as a practice but I was at a belly dancing convention and it was this amazing girl and she was all kinds of bendy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really quite the opposite. So it's funny, my resistance to yoga isn't a very rational one. It's always been like, I'm so inflexible. I don't know oh how God. I would do a yoga class versus, well, actually, that's going to be the thing that will help you with that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Right. I know, I know. I, I hear it in my own head. I know it doesn't make sense. Um, but what would you say to anybody who is nervous about starting a new practice like this? Oh, my God. That is probably the number one excuse. And I'm going to call it for what it is. Excuse call it, for not call coming it out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one that people usually go is, isn't that that woohoo stuff? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> usually one or the other. You're going to try to turn me into a pretzel or you're going to try to turn me into a monk. And we're not going <laughs> to try to do either of those things. So for the person like you who says that it's a physical thing, like they, they're not strong enough or they're not flexible enough, that is exactly what you said. That's exactly why you come. Because as we age, whether we like it or not, we lose our range of motion. <laughs> if you don't use it, you you literally do 
lose it. So something as simple as reaching your arms up over your head. My husband is 40 years old. He can't get his arms straight up over his head right next to his ears. And he's a fit guy who works out four or five times a week. You know, this is just a thing. If you if you watch your, your daughter grow up, Gina, watch her when she gets about 10 years old. She probably won't be able to touch her toes with straight legs anymore. Whereas, a, whereas a, now she's a pretzel at 18 months. Yes, they're pretzels. Even my, my six and a half year old, it's still a pretzel. But even at six, he bends his knees to touch his toes. So this is this is not like you got to wait to be 80 to lose your range of motion. You start to lose your range of motion <laughs> very early on. So in terms of the asana practice or the postures of yoga, you know, I encourage people to go because you, you can do you can do anything to stay fit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people that prescribes yoga for everything. OK, but you could take a jog. You can go for a run. You can do all these other things to stay fit. But yoga is probably one of the most gentle and forgiving practices that you could do. I used to teach every kind of fitness modality out there, kickboxing and, um, you know, step class and all these other kind of things. And I realized pretty early on that my joints wouldn't like that when I was 50. And mm. so yoga was what I turned to because I knew I could do that from then on until my final days in some way or form. The other thing I tell people about yoga posture classes is that it's none of them are all the same. You know, you have yoga classes that are done in a 105 degree room with 60% humidity and they move completely fast and rigorous. And then you have yoga classes where you lay in one pose for five minutes and just breathe. So the trick is to find a class that actually works for your particular goals and for your particular body. Great. And there is another point that you've just made, which will help the excuses brigade like me, which is don't go to one yoga class and decide that oh, all yoga isn't for me <laughs> because Absolutely. I don't want to be in, like you say, 105 degree heat. Um, yeah. So, yes, thank you. And thank you for speaking directly to our excuses, because I won't be the only one listening to this who is like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. exactly what I've told myself. Um, now, Kia, I want to shift gears just a teeny bit and ask a little bit about how you and how you and your husband talk to your kids about work. And And I guess the context of this is, I mean, I like to tell Nyla about my day. My husband does the same. We have these conversations. Poor little one is only 18 months old. So it's really, you know, not everybody talking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to be fair, actually, she talks. It's just that we don't entirely understand her <laughs> language just yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it feels like a really lovely thing to do as a family to sit at a table, you know, at the end of the day and, you know, be having dinner and talk about how our day was, what our work is like, and whether that's, you know, the impact that we had or the challenges or whatever the case might be. What is your um, ritual or routine or favorite way to communicate in that way as a family? Well, I think it's really interesting because my husband is very much a corporate guy and I'm very not. And so my kids get to see this duality, so to speak. You know, they get to see him doing this thing that in our um, family provides an awful lot of stability. And at their age, they think what he does is boring. 
Okay. Because right. when they, when we, we do go to work with him, often when they're home for summer or they're out for some kind of break, we go meet him at his office for lunch so that they can see that daddy goes someplace yeah. <laughs> and does something that keeps your lights on. Right. So we're very particular about that. And what's interesting, my husband is an electrical engineer and works um, on power lines. And he literally does like keep the lights on, like he built the pole. He designs the poles that run the electricity to the house. So, I, so he literally it, does. Definitely. He literally keeps the lights on. Um, but what's interesting is that they see mom. And I always had this fear um, becoming an entrepreneur that my kids would think I didn't do anything that they thought I just hung out on my computer all day. And what's funny is that they see more the product of my work than they do their dad's. His seems a little intangible to them at this age, but mm. mine, they look on the bookshelf and they see a book that I've created or they, my oldest son edits my yoga videos. So he gets involved in, I love that. um, yeah, you know, they, they're better with technology than we are <laughs> at a certain point. So he edits my videos and my daughter is 10 and she does my stats every month. So she looks at how many students have come to class and does the averages and puts them in a little stat book. And Amazing. So, Amazing. So they're, they're kind of involved. And so we don't have a regular ritual like you do. Um you know, sitting down at dinner because dinner sometimes doesn't happen at the same time in our house anymore. Um, but we do kind of keep them in the know. You know, they know what their parents do, you know, and I think it's that's not important. abstract. Yeah. You know, and they and I think what's important for us as they get older is that one may realize that you do something in order to create income for your life. OK. And so I do, for instance, pay my son for editing my videos. But at the yeah. same time, if he doesn't come to work on time and he doesn't do them, he doesn't get paid. So he understands that there is some action that I have to put in in order to get what it is that I'd like to get out of life to meet my goals. And the other thing that I think is really important is that they recognize that we both, their father and I, do something that we are incredibly passionate about and love. My husband has wanted to be an engineer since he was 13 years old, and he never let the gas up on that. You know, however long it took him to get through college and all that, he never let up on it. And that's what he's become. And for me, my kids see me doing something that I'm really passionate about. They've all come to yoga class with me, you know, in person. <laughs> so they actually come and see, you know, they're the only, you know, 10 year old in the room, but they come and they recognize and they see the process. They see people giving mommy money for this thing that I've done, you know, and I think that that makes it all real to them. Those are such great lessons. And thank you for sharing some of how you and your husband have instilled, I guess, some of those really important lessons for kids. Because I, I, know, I know you and I, uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast episode, Kia, we are in a mutual group, which is, uh, you know, kind of about business and money mindset and all of that. And yeah, I think it's really cool for working parents to have a few different tools and a few different ways of making things less abstract and letting your kids know how it is that the money is earned, you know, for the basics and also for the extras and for whatever it is that your lifestyle looks like and, and what you want it to look like. Mm -hmm. And 
It feels like such a great responsibility. And by great, I mean both big and one that I think that we're honored to undertake. But I think, you know, one of the things that often comes up in this um, creative career solutions for parents sphere that I am creating is the idea of mom guilt, you know, and the, and, and just the idea of, you know, I should be doing this, but I'm doing this and I should be doing this, even though we know that actually no matter what we're doing, it's going to rear up its head anyway. And uh-huh. so the idea of really kind of showing the benefits and the tangibles and the real life lessons that will hopefully make our children kind of adults who are ready to take on the world, I think those are really lovely lessons to share with listeners. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. So, Kia, do you have a favorite mantra or motivational quote or anything like that? And if so, would you be happy to share it with us now? Absolutely. So one of the things that I say to my mom group all the time is you can't give from an empty cup, so fill yours up often. But for me, my personal mantra of late has been from, actually, it's a derivative of um, the mantra from the book. What is that book called? Oh, Upper Limit. It's about the, the oh, Upper Limit. Do you know uh, what the, big, about? the Big Leap, Gay The Hendrix? Big Leap. Yes, that <laughs> one. I just read it last month. And um, he has a mantra in there that he uses to help him push through this. So for those who don't understand what the um, upper limit is, all of us have this um, um, kind of baseline of level of joy and financial abundance and happiness and health. And when we get beyond that point, then we tend to do things subconsciously that kind of sabotage the upward direction that we're going. And so the mantra that uh, Gay Hedricks uses in his book, The Big Leap, is something like every day I expand in love, success, and abundance. So mine is a derivative of that. Every day I expand in love, health, and abundance, and I inspire those around me to do the same. And that works well for me in terms of inspiring my children and my people that are in my life right now, but also in inspiring my my community of yoga moms to look for, you know, to expand in their love and their health and their abundance, whatever abundance means to them that could be health and family, and to inspire those around them to do the same. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. And Kia, just a few more questions uh, before we finish off for today and this has been such a fun chat so I hope we can do it again sometime but I want to ask Kia what has surprised you most along your journey oh in terms of parenting I think the biggest surprise was how much effort it took but also how much you expand to meet the demand so there's two areas, I would say that expand in terms of your ability to just do all that's necessary for your children, for your career, all at the same time. And in your ability to expand in like love for all of them. You know, mm. you have one child and you just love them the bits you do. And you almost feel like your heart is so, so full. And then you have another one and it just expands even more. That's and the cool. other one. And yeah. you love them all in completely kind of different ways. But the 
the fervor of the love is the same, but they're they're so different. And at each stage, you just love them for a different reason. And it's that part of it. That part of parenting is amazing to me. Absolutely, absolutely. And Kia, what are you most proud of when you reflect on the choices that you've made? Um, at this point, I think what I'm most proud of is choosing the road less traveled. Um, I had a really candid conversation with myself um, when I first got pregnant with my oldest and really realized that the lifestyle that my husband and I were living and I was I was working really long hours wasn't for us. And I knew that it didn't make any sense logically to do what I'm doing now. Everybody around me said, oh, Kia, you're too educated to, to stop doing your corporate stuff or you're going to lose time exiting the corporate world. And, you know, there are a million ways to parent and there are a million ways to do your career. And you really should take that risk and choose the ways that work for you at that moment and recognize that those ways will change along the way sometimes. And so I'm really proud about taking that leap because I knew is what felt right for me and was right for me and my husband, even though there were some naysayers that didn't get it. (laughs) Kia, can I just say that what you have just shared is entirely my motivation behind this podcast, the newsletter, and everything that I'm trying to do with what currently is a side hustle of my own with mm-hmm. my career coaching. It's exactly what you just said. The idea that there are millions of ways of how you might want your lifestyle to look, of how you might want your family to, to, to be and to live, and how your career and professional life can look. And, you know, I and privy to all kinds of conversations where people feel stuck or they feel like there is one way or they feel like, you know, because they've gone down a certain corporate road for 10 years, then that's what they must do because they have no other options. And you and I get that that is not the truth. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can inspire, you know, parents in general, women around us, who I'm, I'm, you know, and and clearly you are particularly feeling called to support. If, you know, we can realize that we have choices. Yes. And, and it's, you know, worth taking the risks. And of course, you know, when you have family, you know, how much you need to be paying on your mortgage or your rent and all of this. And, and, you know, it's all about being, uh, I guess, kind of calculated where you need to be calculated in your risk taking. But, but there are, options and we have the power to choose them and pursue them and I you know I know that there is you know that this I think having this kind of mutual mission and belief is probably one of the reasons why we were maybe drawn to each other in our business group and drawn to each other to have this conversation and Uh you know and and to to kind of realize that we're we're creating in a similar space with a similar mission and hopefully anybody who takes the time to listen to this podcast and engage in your work and we're going to end up with actually talking about how people can do that hope that it serves as the reminder of you know (laughs) I'm always like you're not a tree you can move you really can (laughs) do something you can move different Mm -hmm. to what you're doing if you feel like you want 
something to be different or better or experiment or, you know, see, see whether something can be more aligned to how you would like it to be. So thank you so yes. much for, for sharing that so eloquently. And Kia, really finally, where can listeners go to keep up with what you do to stay connected, to engage, follow and potentially join your community? Everything can be found on my main website. It's nourished-motherhood.com. There's blogs and all kinds of things you can connect with our uh, Facebook community from that homepage. So everything is there for your disposal. Amazing. All right. Well, remember that that is Kia Williams, who is from nourished-motherhood.com. And... I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have enjoyed having this chat with Kia and really just want to end up by encouraging you to remember that that you really can do anything that you want to do and you can experiment and see what works and remember exactly what Kia talked about when she talked about that kind of classic entrepreneurial journey where you end up with four or five iterations of what you're doing and often beyond. Because I know, Kia, you said you're on your fourth or your fifth, but, you know, these things can change and evolve, and that's really how it is. So no change that you make needs to be permanent, but it might get you closer to what feels right for you and your family for now. So please do remember that. Remember how you can connect with Kia. I am Gina Visram of LimitlessCoaching.com. You've been listening to the creative career solutions for parents podcast thank you so much for as ever for hanging out and hanging out with both me and kia today and we hope to connect with you soon and remember you can go to facebook.com forward slash limitless coaching for facebook lives as they inspire i did one yesterday about carnival and going back and getting back to some me time and some jumping up and some dancing which felt amazing so you can catch that there and also it takes 30 seconds to sign up for the newsletter via limitlesscoaching.com kia thank you so much for the chat today thank you so much for having me gina it was so fun